Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word... Who do we need to be approved by? That's it. You don't need man's approval to do this. You need God's approval. Sometimes people are looking for approval. They want people to put a stamp on it. I didn't get enough likes. I posted it and no one said they liked it or whatever. You need God's approval for the message of the gospel. You might preach the gospel and don't nobody like it. Nobody responds, nobody receives it. It's okay, it's still the gospel. It's still truth. Maybe nobody responds, maybe everybody responds. Either way, it's the gospel of truth. In today's world, it's easy to get caught up in the pressure to impress others. We're bombarded with social media, advertising and messages that tell us we need to look a certain way, have a certain job, or make a certain amount of money in order to be successful. But as Pastor Bill talks about today, we don't need the approval of the world. The only approval that truly matters is God's approval. When we live our lives seeking God's approval, we find true joy and peace. His approval is the only thing that matters. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 2, as he begins his message, an example to follow. Today we're going to be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. So if you guys would open up your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. All right, I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump into uh, God's Word. So Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the beautiful weather, Lord. Thank you for a place to gather. Thank you for, Lord, just how gracious you've been to us as a fellowship. Uh, God, it's our, it's our sincere desire to seek you, Lord. We're going to get in the word and we, we desire, Lord, to hear from you. And as we study scripture, as we read through 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, God, I pray you speak to us. Challenge us, convict us, encourage us, stir us. Whatever you need to do in our hearts, God, but speak to us a word from you, Lord. Meet us in this place. Strengthen us in our walk with you. God, I pray if there are any present or listening that don't know you, God, I pray you draw them to yourself. I pray they would, they would know how good you are today. God, that they might surrender their whole life to you today. So, God, we give you this time. We pray you would have your way in it. Uh, meet us as only you can. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. All right. So uh, a little bit of a recap. We started first Thessalonians. Uh, Paul wrote this letter to the church in Thessalonica. We told you that before, you know, Paul went to Thessalonica. He was there. He was only there for a few weeks, getting, you know, a few three Sabbath days, um, laying down doctrine, laying down the gospel, getting the word going. He really established a church there. Then there were some people that were adversarial to the apostle Paul and they ran him out of the city. And so he got chased out of the city. He was beaten. Uh, a number of things happened to him. But when Paul checked up on this church, he was I probably was surprised. I didn't say that, but I'm sure he was surprised to hear that they're actually doing well. Only three weeks that he was with them and they're growing in the Lord. They're doing all right. They do have some issues that as we get deeper into the letter, Paul will begin to address and deal with. But they're, they're going forward in the Lord. Paul gets word back from Silas and Timothy, his, his partners in the ministry. And so he wrote this letter to them. In this section of chapter 2 that we're going to cover today, verses 1 through 12, I titled the message, An Example to Follow. And it almost feels like Paul's defending himself a little bit in this section. Uh, Paul's going to be saying, uh, oh, you, you hear this phrase uh, 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 several times in the message today. Paul will say to them, you yourselves know, or as you know. It's like Paul saying, look, you guys know me. 
right? As, as he's explaining how he behaved himself, his conduct among them, the example that he was to them. And so something I'm going to ask you in the beginning, and I want to reiterate the question when we're done today is this, what kind of an example are you as a believer? If you look at your life and say, am I a good example? If people are looking at me that know I'm a Christian, what kind of example am I giving off to people? Um, to your neighbors that know you guys, you're the family that gets up and go to church. What kind of an example are you? And maybe some of you guys are like, oh, we're, we're solid in our example. We, we lay down a, a good praise God. Keep it up. Uh, we're going to learn today as Paul kind of shares what he shares. I believe God's going to show us what it looks like to be a good example, a good witness. And we want to be an example to two groups. We're trying to be an example to non-believers, right, uh, of, of what a transformed life the gospel, you know, brings about. But some of us are being examples to baby Christians, new Christians. That matters, too. Paul, as he's defending his character before them, they were new Christians. But Paul said, look, we conducted ourselves among you guys in a certain way. Uh, we wanted to be a good witness. I was I was joking with my wife. Um, I told her I was going to tell of a bad example, a time where she was a bad example, but I'm not going to do her like that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I got the mic now, girl. But anyway, you know, there I was thinking through this, like, you know, there are things that we can do where, you know, you realize your example got taken up. You know, someone someone followed your example. And it could be good or bad. When I look at my wife, uh, when Harmony was little, she was I, I used to call Harmony little Mika. She would copy my wife in everything. And one of the ways that it would impact me, um, when my wife would go away, let's say my wife was going to a retreat. Then, you know, as a dad, I break all the rules. That's what we supposed to do. Right. Dads say, amen. All right. So, I mean, we eat whatever we want. I, they get cake for breakfast, you know, well, one of the things that my wife is always on my case about is my safety. So when I get in the car, I always forget to put a seatbelt on. And my wife's right there saying, put the seatbelt on, clicking her ticket. You know, she's just, she's on me. So my wife goes away and I get in the car with my daughter. And guess what my daughter's saying? Dad, clicking her ticket. You know, she just sounds just like her mom. I'm like, I, I can't even, I can't even have a weekend. Um, They're going to keep me safe out here. So, and, um, you know, and, and in that way, you know, my wife's example passed on down to my daughter. Examples can be good and bad. I think most of us here maybe know some people that when we weren't saved were not a good example to us of what it was to be a Christian. I mean, guys, people here have people like that in your life that they weren't a great example to you. They weren't, you didn't see them and say, I, I want that. Um, and so while we know that they're bad examples, we also, maybe you've been blessed to know some good examples. Maybe you've been blessed to know some people that you say, man, that, that person is about that life. They're for real. The guy that led me to Christ, uh, my buddy Curtis, that was, that was, he was a Christian. The first person I saw go from living like me to repenting and changing and being consistent and pretty radical about it. Um, he was a, he was a witness. I, I had to listen to his words because his lifestyle, I couldn't pick it apart. Most other Christians in my life that would tell me something, I could pick their life apart. If they say, hey, man, you shouldn't be, man, I, I, I can find three things off top that you're doing that you should shut up. Don't say nothing else to me. You know, it, your lifestyle matters. Your behavior, your conduct matters because you can live in such a way that you you can't be heard, though your message is powerful and true. And so um, that's what I hope that we'll learn from the Apostle Paul today. So look at First uh, Thessalonians chapter two, verse one. He says, for you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. But even after we had suffered before we were spitefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. I want you to note twice already. Paul says you yourselves know 
He says again, as you know, we were bold. And so I want you to know Paul is Paul is drawing on his example to this church. He said, you guys know this. You know this about me, you know. And so the first thing he points out to them, he said, look, you yourselves know, brethren, that we didn't come to you for nothing. Our coming to you was not in vain. It was not empty. When we came to you guys, um, we didn't come for nothing. We came with a message. Uh, what's, what's the message that Paul came with you guys? The gospel. This is important because there isn't any other message worth coming with, right? If you're gonna if you're gonna take the time to go somewhere in difficulty, and God gives you a platform to speak to somebody, you gotta you got you got an opportunity to say something. The thing that you want to be getting said is the gospel. Anything else is like why? Why else? If I'm if I have a window of opportunity, if I have a a door open to go before non-believers, God brings me into an area. The gospel is the message, you guys. This is the most powerful message on the planet it is the only message that can take a person from death to life supernaturally it could it could change someone's eternal status from separated from god to being reconciled to god from going to hell to going to heaven the message of the gospel so it's so important that we know it that we believe it and that we proclaim it that we preach it that we share it why is it so uncomfortable to share the gospel because it's spiritual Right. If I told you guys, hey, we're going to run across the street to the park and we're going to tell everybody we love the Lakers. Um, you, it wouldn't be hard to do that, would it? It wouldn't be. You wouldn't feel like, oh, no, they're, what if a Clippers fan is over there? You know, like as, as though they got something to say. You know what I'm saying? You wouldn't feel like that. Right? Like you, it, would, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be anything to that. Right. But if I say, hey, we're going to go across the street and we're going to tell people that Jesus died on the cross to save them from their sins and that they, they, they should believe in him. It's like. Well, I don't know, maybe, maybe, you know, there's all these apprehensions and all these things because it's spiritual and we got to overcome that. There's a, there's a, there's, there's gotta be a, um, there's gotta be enough in, inward motive that we would overcome that, that I love them more than I love me. Um, and, and Paul explains here, you know, how he was able to do that. He says, um, in verse two, he says, but after we had suffered before we were spitefully treated, you know, they were whipped and beaten in Philippi and jailed. Um, he wrote a letter from there as well. He says, as you know, he says, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel in much conflict. How, how come Paul was bold? That is a work of the Holy Spirit. One of the things that will en enable you to be bold in your proclamation of the gospel, even in conflict, even when it's costing you something, even when like Paul, you've been beaten in jail. None of us have been through that. The worst that I've ever had is somebody talk smack. Or somebody disagree or somebody clown or whatever, but we can we can go forth in such a way where God will give us boldness. And you might be sitting there saying, but I'm kind of shy. You know, you know, I'm not really a big mouth like you, Pastor Bill. You know, I just kind of do my stuff. But in, in the in the background, God will give you background, quiet people, boldness to go further than some of us big mouth people, because um, your big mouth is not anointed. Right. God will anoint God. Will, God will anoint you by his spirit to proclaim his gospel. Rather, you're naturally loud or naturally quiet. It's irrelevant. And so Paul recognized here. Look, I came in boldness, even in the midst of conflict. And let me say this. I, and I think it's so important. And I hope I, I really as a church, I want us to get this. It, Paul says, I, I went in boldness in much conflict. Right. The conflict didn't stop him. The conflict didn't cause him to say, oh, man, this is uncomfortable. I've been beat up. I've been jailed. They don't like me. They ran me out of town. It might happen again. Paul was like, I'm just going to go anyway. I'm just going to be bold in God to go, even though there's conflict, even though it's going to be uncomfortable. The gospel will always be, it always bring conflict. The Bible says the message of the gospel is an offense, 
You're going to offend people. People are going to not like it. People are going to want to argue with you about it. Somebody might dare to lay hands on you about it. And and, and there's got to be something else that says it'd be worth it, though. It'd be worth it to take this message. Uh, it's so important because what if someone gets saved? What if someone's life goes from they go from death to life today because because we spoke to them the gospel? Um, and so, again, I, I hope that we'll soak this in, you guys. Um, I'm going to pray for all of us before we're done that God would give us supernatural boldness that we'd be willing to speak on his behalf, that we would be willing to step out. And that's part of Paul's example. Paul says, look, because Paul left this example to the church, right? Paul said, look, I wasn't no chump. When I was with you guys, I got beat for sharing with y'all. I went to jail for sharing with y'all. I got ran out of town and had to come back for sharing with you guys. So if they follow in Paul's examples, these believers won't be no chumps either. Amen. These will be believers that understand that the gospel has a cost to it. It might cost me something, but it's worth it. Paul went through it to share it with me. I might go through it to share it with them. Um, and so that's a solid example. Right. Paul didn't say, hey, guys, you know what? It's, it's kind of a difficult time to be sharing because they told me not to. So I'm going to just not for a while and let y'all go to hell anyway. He didn't do that. He said, I'm going to be bold in the, in the face of adversity. And I believe in our culture right now with so much that's going on, there's so many messages and things happening. Uh, the church has to kind of dig in our heels a little bit and say, you know what? I'm not fighting every battle. And I'm not, I'm not going to pick fights on all these little silly, insignificant things. But one hill that we should die on is the hill of the proclamation of the gospel. Um, I would not be told that I can't do this, that I cannot preach the gospel, that I cannot share. I won't, I, whatever it costs, right? You just, we just have to go on and do that until the Lord come back and get our back. Amen? And so come what may, whatever happens and all the different things, this message must continue to go forth. And so again, Paul is laying an example to them that even in difficulty, he was still going forth. Look at verse three. He says, for our exhortation did not come from error or uncleanness, uh, nor was it uh, in deceit. And so it looks like these are some of the things that Paul had maybe been accused of, uh, that he was teaching or his exhortation was coming from, that he was a false teacher from error or that he had ill motives for un uncleanliness. Um, or, or that he had some kind of deceit, that he was, he was bringing some kind of trickery to the people or de deceitful message. And so Paul said, look, I, didn't, I wasn't coming from any of these negative places. My motive was not wrong. My, the source of my message wasn't wrong. And even my method and how I brought it to you guys was not wrong. And again, these may have been things that he was being accused of. I should say this too, right? If you're going to be someone that proclaims the message of the gospel and shares the Lord, there are going to be times where people accuse you of stuff, where people attack you. Um, and you haven't done anything but love and share the gospel and you have people that they come, they come in for you just for that. Some Christians, um, I feel like in America in particular that we got some, we got a weak brand of Christianity. So where, you know, you got Christians like a little bit of persecution. I'm not going back, <laughs> you know, and they just, I'm not, they leave church. I've heard of people leaving the church for the stupidest thing. Somebody, somebody hurt my feelings. Somebody, they didn't, they didn't say hi to me today. <laughs> and I'm thinking if you can go back to the biblical church, that's just, that's ridiculous that you're going to leave God's church who blood bought, died on the cross, rose from the grave because some sinner hurt your feelings. Um, but anyway, I, I digress, but that, that's some, that's some foolishness. You know, um, there is a weakness, I think in in American Christianity that we don't, because we haven't endured maybe some of the persecution, because we are so comfortable 
um, that we can we can find little things to complain about. I don't want to go there. I don't. It's not. I don't like the music there. I, I don't like the seating arrangement there. Uh, I've heard of crazy things where people. I can't find a church because they're looking for all these different things, and it's like you need a you need a group of people that believe Jesus died and rose and is coming back again, and that preach from the Bible. That's 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 a church. Everything else is extra. Amen. Uh, it may be comfortable. It may not be comfortable. Um, I, I do a class every Friday with these brothers in Haiti and these guys want to, they're, they're, they're pastors in training. They come from different provinces in, in Haiti and they come, they, 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 they're, they're at this place for a year of training and they want to go back into their home, their home province and start churches. And when I look at what these guys go through to be at, to be in front of a, in front of a computer screen for Skype Bible studies, and these brothers are there every week at 9 a.m. My time, 11 a.m. Their time. They're there in front of the screens. Bibles out. No pads there. Bottles of water on the table. And they're like, teach us. And we'll get done for two hours. And they're like, you can do another chapter. They'll, they'll just sit there. They, they're, not, they're not in a rush. They ain't got nowhere to go. They're like, you, you keep, keep, finish it up. Keep keep going. Keep, keep going. I'm like, I, I got to go. <laughs> you know, like, that's four hours before we get done. But. It's it's I'm encouraged when I look at them and I'm like, man, I'm looking at where they live. Look at the conditions. I'm looking at all that they don't have. But, you know, what they do have a heart for God and they're begging me. They're like, bro, bring a group from here to there. Bring bring a come with a group of guys. And, I, and so they wrote me a thing of what they would like us to do. We're trying to plan a trip. And now I got to wait until we find out what's going to happen with the lockdown. But they would like us to bring a group of men uh, to do some teaching. But what they really want to do is take us to the street and go do evangelism. They're like, dude, come. We got this truck and we got speakers and we'll hit all these different areas. You guys could preach. We'll give out some food and Bibles and, and whatever. And they want to just go through the town with some brothers and preach the gospel. And so uh, so some of y'all brothers that have a heart to go out, be praying. Um, you know, we're going to we're going to be we're, we're trying to go sometime early next year, um, depending on, you know, shutdown and flights and all, oh, what, we, what we can or can't do. But my point is that in much conflict, those guys are going for it. And they, their attacks are different, right? They got voodoo. They got voodoo. They got witches. They got people trying to cast spells on the ministry and all kind of wookie dookie stuff. And they just going forth doing what God have given them to do. And so um, we want to be able to, to, to take from these examples from the apostle Paul. Look at verse four. Now we get a, a contrast, right? He says, but as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak. Not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. So another example from Paul, he said, look, we've been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. I want you to note this. Who do we need to be approved by? That's it. You don't need man's approval to do this. You need God's approval. Sometimes people are looking for approval. They want people to put a stamp on it. I didn't get enough likes. I posted it and no one said they liked it or whatever. You need God's approval for the message of the gospel. You might preach the gospel and don't nobody like it. Nobody responds. Nobody receives it. It's okay. It's still the gospel. It's still truth. Um, maybe nobody responds. Maybe everybody responds. Either way, it's the gospel of truth. And so Paul said, look, we've been approved by God. We've been entrusted with the gospel. I want you to consider that too, that God has entrusted you with this message. The Bible says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels, the treasure of the gospel, you guys. It's a treasure, right? This it's life changing. And so he says, you've been, we've been entrusted with the gospel. He says, so even though, even still we speak not as pleasing men, but pleasing God. And I want to speak on that for a moment because one of the things I've seen in our day be a hindrance to the message of the gospel is men that want to please men. 
There are ministers that are that that have kind of made it a, a public stand that they're not going to preach. Not necessarily. They won't say I won't preach the gospel, but they're guys that will not preach the biblical gospel because it's offensive. And so you have whole ministries where if you listen to them, it sounds like these guys are giving pop psychology. They're telling you how to build your business, how to be successful, how to get money, how to have a, you know, they, they're teaching you everything but how to have a relationship with the Lord. Um, you'll hear a year of messages and never hear the word repentance once. How many of y'all here know that you need to repent all the time? All the time. Y'all because y'all sinning. Y'all be messing up. We fall short. We're imperfect. Um, how, how do you how do you how do you bring people to Christ if they never repent? If you never have to turn from sin and turn to God, have I brought you to Christ? Or am I entertaining you? Am I tickling your ears? Are we having a good time, a happy, slappy time? I think one of the hindrances to God's gospel, the biblical gospel, is men that are not concerned for what God thinks about their message, but they're concerned for what people think. Do you like my message? Did you like it? Was it good for you? Did, was it good to you? Doesn't matter if you like the message, right? I preached the gospel and had somebody respond to the gospel and be saved. I preached the gospel and had somebody not agree, disagree, not like what I had to say. Um, it, as long as it's the gospel, I can walk away and say, bro, that's you got to That's not it's not my message. Right. I don't get to rewrite the gospel message. I got to just give it out. If I tell my son, son, I want you to go tell mom that and I give him what I want him to tell his mom. Does he have a right to change my words? If he does, he's an unfaithful messenger. Right. Now, I've told my kids to tell my wife stuff and they were like, "Nah, you tell her that yourself. You know, we we not carrying that word, sir. You know, but uh, well, that's fair. But you can't change my words. It's no longer my message if you do that. And so people have taken that kind of liberty with the gospel message where uh, they've taken the liberty to say, uh, yeah, I don't want to say that part. You know, I don't want to I want to I don't want to talk about hell. But isn't there a hell to shun you guys? Is not there a hell to get to escape? Um, it's sometimes you can't appreciate the good news until you understand the bad news, right? Until you understand that if you die without Christ, you would go to hell. Till I understand that, I might not appreciate the good news that Jesus died for me to forgive me for the whole thing and I could be set free. And so once again, Paul says he's been, in, he's been entrusted with the gospel, even though he, even so we speak, he says, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. Can I encourage you guys, saints, that we would, we would prepare our hearts. God, the, the, our hearts position would be this. God, I want to please you. I, I want you to be pleased with what I do. God, I want you to smile. I want, the, I want it to bless your heart. I, I'm not as concerned with people's response, what people will say, how people will feel. God, I want to know that when I get done, that you'll be blessed, that you'll be pleased. If you do that, right, you'll always be okay because God will always be good with our proclamation of his message, our proclamation of the truth. But people won't. Uh, people won't always like it. People won't always agree with it. If you go out witnessing, there'll be some good days and bad days. Uh, anybody that goes witnessing enough times, um, somebody going, you know, I, I'm a bigger dude. So I, I ain't I ain't ever, I haven't really had it happen real bad. But, um, you know, I've, I've seen guys getting cussed out or, or, you know, ran up on and all kind of stuff, which, you know, I, I kind of think is a is a when I look at those things happen or guys that like like um, I look at Ray Comfort. And uh, for you guys to know who he is, he goes out evangelizing everywhere. And I've seen him have like, you know, dudes all tatted up in his face, like, you know, snarling and growling. And he's like, he's just with his, you know, with his accent, he still just bring his message doesn't stutter. 
He doesn't go like, well, okay, let me, hey guys, let, he, he doesn't back off. He doesn't, he doesn't temper the message. He stays right there in the pocket, giving it out and just let the chip fall where they may. That's respectable to me. Uh, to me, I look at that and I think that's a man of God. That's a guy that says the message is not going to change, bro. Uh, if, if I got to take an L out here at this beach for the, for Jesus, I'm going to take it. But the message is not going to change. I think we need more of that in God's church today. You've just heard a transforming word, a ministry out of Inglewood, California. Do you know Jesus? We want you to find the inexpressible joy and hope found in Him. We'd strongly encourage you to go to calvaryinglewood.org to get started in knowing Jesus personally. Part of the ministry of Jesus focused on loving others in an unassuming way, like that of a servant. Listen to the words of Paul as he prays for you and me to have that same kind of love. It reads like this from 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. We believe that your relationship with Jesus and others matters. That's why this ministry dedicates a space on our website to download the mobile app. This is a great tool to have because it allows you to grow in your faith whenever and wherever you are. There's nothing better than having the teachings of Jesus right at your fingertips. Head on over to calvaryinglewood.org and scroll down to the bottom of the page. There you'll find the information you need. Here it is again, in case you missed it the first time. calvaryinglewood.org. Do you need someone to talk with or pray for you? Don't wait another second longer. We would be overjoyed to be that someone for you today. You can call us at 310-245-4811. That number again is 310-245-4811. We look forward to hearing from you. Well, we're out of time for today. Plan to join us again on A Transforming Word.